remember when we had our young son, he was less than two years old, at a child neurologist's office. And uh, after some time, the doctor said, well, it's pretty clear your son is on the spectrum. And the next words he said were really, in retrospect, awful advice. Um, He said, ignore most of what you see and read on the internet and come back in a year. So my wife and I left with heavy hearts and bewilderment about what's the next step. If you or a friend have a child with special needs, we're here to help. We get it, and uh, we'd like to encourage you. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting department. And Danny, you've worked with a lot of different families, many of whom have this kind of a situation. A child with special needs, it can be really hard. I can, yeah. Fatigue is a big one for for parents in that season. It's not because they don't love their child. It's just the reality that... Uh, there's more required of them, uh, depending on what the special need is, and there's a wide spectrum of that, right? Uh, and I would say there, there's so many different types of treatments. How do you choose the right one for your child? And there's overload for many parents on trying to choose the right one. And then they, the progress is kind of slow as well, and for some parents that can be very discouraging. There are a lot of comparisons to other kids and other families, and Uh, There's emotional discouragement that can settle in. And then the costs of treatment are huge for some of these families that can't necessarily afford that. Now, there is a lot of help uh, uh, through government funds and other funds there uh, that that can be helpful, but it's still very, very expensive Mm -hmm. uh, along with uh, time-consuming. So families uh, many times adjust to this, but the reality is it can be difficult and uh, it can be very tiring. Yeah, yeah. And I think while this conversation deals specifically with autism, I think any parent or a friend of a family who has a special needs child will benefit from the practical applications that we're about to hear. Uh, Let's listen in now as Focus President Jim Daly speaks with Julie Hornock. She's walked this journey with her daughter, Lizzie. Julie, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. It's good to have you. Uh, Describe for us what Lizzie, your daughter, was like before her diagnosis. What was going on? Did anything catch your attention? Well, it's almost hard to tell because I had an older child who was a very busy, busy child. Uh And so she was typically developing all the way up until about nine months. And if I look back in her baby book, I can see some things that kind of raised a red flag, um, just that maybe she she would flip through books just for hours on end without really really looking at the pages, just sit there. And she just didn't require a lot from me. Um, And that was very, very different than my older child. I mean, that's really important, especially for moms who have young children to be able to diagnose. I mean, and it's not always going to turn out to be autism, but to be aware, uh, it's so important to be aware. So as that young mom and even your husband, Greg, were there conversations about that doesn't seem exactly right? Well, no, there weren't conversations about it because it wasn't so obvious. And we really didn't start to seek help until things became pretty obvious because we just thought we were in a family of like extroverts, just lots and lots of extroverts. (laughs) And I thought, oh, you know, this little girl doesn't need as much attention. She likes to be by herself. Maybe that's what an introvert is. I didn't know. And you mentioned that nine-month mark. Is that when it was more obvious? Or how old was she when you did say, we need to probably talk to somebody? Yeah, we around nine months, um, she kind of stopped noticing the world. And so before then, she had been developing just typically, you know, sitting up, crawling and she used to do this cute little thing with her brother where she would crawl and crawl and crawl and then she'd stop and look back and like let him catch her right and then 
one day it just kind of stopped. She just stopped looking up. And so she would crawl really, really, really fast. And then she'd slam into the wall. And we just thought, isn't that so funny? You know, as a parent, we didn't really put it together that it was something more, that she was truly not looking up in the world. And that was a sign that she wasn't observing what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, it was about a year's process of where we just saw her kind of spiraling down so she after that started waking up from her naps just clenching her fists and sweating and crying Mm. um and then she started to bang her head on the ground flapping of the arms she began to walk on her tiptoes she started lining up all of her food um and then began lining up her toys as well and then i think the thing that was just the hardest and forced us to get some help was that she truly just wouldn't answer to us like she went inside herself almost like where her eyes glazed over so she could be standing right by me and i had no connection to her i would be screaming her name and she wouldn't that had to be so difficult for you and greg i mean Mm -hmm. trying to manage this there's not at that point you haven't really seen the doctor there's not a lot of support around you all these fears are bubbling up yeah i mean what take us to that emotion and what well and i I think to understand that i mean we just we were 28 years old and we had really truly been following just this classic traditional lifestyle that i think you are almost taught to seek and so we had gotten married we had successful jobs we had our first child i was able to stay home with him because my husband was doing well enough for me to stay home and we had just Um, built our dream home because my father is a builder and I was able to design and then build that home. And so really we had a great supportive family, a great supportive church. And I felt like we were kind of in that bubble of running towards happiness and running towards comfort. And I think often, you know, we set that as a site, you know, like if we're doing all those things then we're going to have a great life. And we kind of thought we were on top of it all. We're like, we got this beautiful family. We got a boy, we got a girl. Um, So then when things started happening and going downhill with Lizzie, it was, it felt so out of control, you know, and just like I was taken back and didn't know what to do, and I had never met anything that I hadn't been able to fix. Well, Danny, there are parents who are in the same kind of situation that Julie was in. Um, discouragement comes with uh, a special needs child. Uh, typically, there are just so many different challenges, and as you said, fatigue is such a big deal. How do you encourage a parent in that tough spot? Well, something that, that you've said, John, is that uh, maybe the unknowns that are out there mm. can be very discouraging. Oh, yeah. There's a right? lot of parenting that you try in the moment thinking, is this going to work and what's the outcome? Because it's not like you can track along a normal uh, non-disabled child's progression of development. It's right. just not there. And there are no guarantees. No. Right? It's not like you sign up for for a program or you're doing all these things and there's right. a guaranteed result to that. But really, it is, it's very worthwhile. Uh, parents know that this is just as much about your transformation mm-hmm. as it is the growth of your child. You're being transformed into a person that is uh, can see beyond limitations and can look at your child with love and to see little pieces of growth as nuggets of gifts that are given to you each day. And I remember talking to this one mom. She had two children that were Down syndrome kids. And uh, one of the things she told me in the middle of of doing a home visit with her, she said, I would never do it any differently. Mm. These kids have taught me so much. I'm so grateful for who they are and who God created them to be. 
It's taught me so much in my own life, and I've grown so much. Just know that uh, they'll teach you all about patience. They'll, they'll bring out the fruit of the Spirit outside of you, right? It'll squeeze it out, and uh, you'll learn to love more deeply than you would have ever learned to love. And it will actually make you even more resilient because you're going to face messes. You're going to face extra challenges and things that you're going to lean into, and you're going to learn how to depend on other people and live in community, and in that you will be wealthier uh, in the relationships that you build along the way. And there's a big community of people that want to support one another within this special needs community, whether Mm -hmm. it's autism or Down syndrome, whatever it is. There are a lot of families that want to support one another as they're raising their children. So lean into that as well. Yeah, I, I really think you're spot on. I'm going to share a quick story. I don't usually do this kind of thing, but when, uh, when our son Zane was about four or five, we went to the park, and he was in this mode where he would say, hey, Dad, 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 and, and he wouldn't really be listening. Uh, in retrospect, it was kind of a bid for connection. Are you there? So we start this walk, and, um, and if you know me well, you would know that little noises repeatedly can really irritate me. So my car can't have any sort of squeak in it. I have to address that. I have this thing in my head. It just gets into me. So we start this walk, and here's this kid, Dad. Hey, Dad. And I I decided I would count how many times he asked me in the course of this walk. So about 10 minutes in, I stopped my wristwatch, and uh, it had been 40 times. He was asking me four times a minute, Dad, without listening for a response. And um, the Lord gave me the presence of mind just to smile, because it's almost like God said, hey, I know this is really kind of bugging you, but I'm hearing him. Are you? Hmm. And it was like, oh. And then the Lord really got me. He said, and by the way, you're just like him. Hmm. You keep saying, hey, Father, Father, but you don't Hmm. listen to me. So I'm going to just add there's one more wonderful benefit to kids that are out of the box, and that is that we learn about God's heart. We learn deep lessons about who God is and his heart. So it's a rich journey, and we know that it's hard, and so we've got resources for you. Um, If you're dealing specifically with autism, there's a terrific book. And by the way, this is so prevalent, we're going to encourage you to get the book anyway, because you just need to know about uh, how difficult the journey can be. We've got Julie's book, United in Autism, uh, available for a gift of any amount to the ministry. Um, and uh, if you need it and can't afford it, let us know, and we'll send that on to you because, uh, bottom line, we want to help. We're a Christian ministry, as Jim Daly often says here, and uh, you'll find a link to donate and to get that resource uh, in the show notes. We also have a really good article. It's called Encouraging Social and Behavioral Development in Children with Special Needs, and it's by a former broadcast guest and a, a doctor who now serves on our Physicians Resource Council, Dr. Tyler Sexton. He has had a journey of some real challenges, and he's overcome so much. He speaks from the heart. You're going to find this to be a very helpful article. The link is in the show notes. And next time, we're going to hear from Dr. Kathy Cook. Uh, she is a favorite here. She'll be discussing ways to model resiliency for your children. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley. And I'm Erin Smalley. Marriage is an amazing gift from God, but it can also be a challenge sometimes. That's right. We could all use a little guidance. And that's why we started our podcast, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We talk about things like recognizing conflict cycles, dealing with stress, and how to grow your love each day. Listen at crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to see you there.